The Boston Bruins have been tied to at least three players that could be kind of low-risk, mid-reward guys in free agency. And we're going to discuss those options here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, June 21st, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day, free and available on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And we are going to start with uh, a little bit of news, breaking news from the Boston Bruins. Not really too much to get excited about. It's something that happens every year. And it's the release of the preseason schedule. The Bruins will play six preseason games beginning on Sunday, September 24th. So still three months and three days away. But that game will be played against the New York Rangers at TD Garden. They'll play a game on September 26th in Buffalo. A game back at home at TD Garden against the Flyers on the 29th. They'll go to Philadelphia to take on the Flyers on October 2nd, and then they will play the Capitals back at home before finishing the regular, or sorry, the preseason schedule on October 5th at the Rangers. Based on that timeline, I'd probably expect the regular season to begin Tuesday, October 10th is my guess, perhaps the 9th, which is uh, Thanksgiving up here in Canada. So that is the preseason schedule that you can look forward to. Will there be some new faces in the lineup? Well, most assuredly. And one of those guys that has been tied to the Bruins in recent days is Oliver Ekman Larson, who was recently bought out by the Vancouver Canucks. He had four years remaining on his contract. They're going to be on the hook for eight years based on the NHL's buyout rules. And he's now free to sign with any team as an unrestricted free agent. And chances are he's going to be pretty affordable for any team that comes calling. He played in 54 games for the Canucks last season. Two goals, 20 assists for 22 points. And, you know, his production has tailed off crazily over the past few seasons. He had his worst possession stats of his career, a 46.9 shot attempt differential with him on the ice. Uh, in all strengths, at 5-on-5, five 40 6.9 still, which was second lowest of his career. Uh, 
points per 60 down at 1.2, which isn't awful, but still the worst it's been since he was a rookie and his first year as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. 0.41 points per game. Again, well down from his career high, which was 0.73 back in 2015-2016 when he had 21 goals, 34 assists for 55 points in 75 games. That is his uh, career single season career high in points. He did have 23 goals in 2014-15 for the Arizona Coyotes. Eighth or sorry, sixth overall draft pick back in 2009. And if you recall, a few years ago when Vancouver acquired him, and even before that, Ekman Larson was pretty clear that his preferred destinations were Vancouver and the Boston Bruins. Ultimately, he went to the Canucks, and you know, thank goodness, or else the Bruins would be on the hook for this buyout. Will they return and take a look at Oliver Ekman Larson? Well, possibly because they do have to shed some cap space. They have to move some bodies off the blue line, but they also need someone to play. If you recall, the deal was Ekman Larson and Connor Garland in exchange for Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, a first-round pick that ended up being Dylan Gunther, second-round pick, and a third-round pick this coming season. Don Sweeney has apparently been enamored by Ekman Larson over the years. There are questions about maybe his, uh, not his sanity, but the rationale for being that enamored with him. Um, could they pick him up as a reclamation project? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility and it's something that has been discussed. Uh, they again, came close to acquiring him a couple times. Boston was one of two teams that he wanted to go to and Ekman Larson could have some value to the Bruins on a very discounted price. And that's the only way it could work. They first have to buy out Mike Riley. They already have some pretty good depth on the left left side, keep in mind, in Lindholm, Grizzlick, Forbort, Borl, who can play both sides. But if you're bringing him in, it's to move somebody out. I personally would rather just roll the dice on Zborl and see what he can finally bring to the table as that 2015 first-round pick. And remember, that wasn't really much of a reach. He was one of the higher-rated defensemen that year prior to the draft. So it's time to finally see what he's got in my mind. I'm not too big on adding kind of a big name in Oliver Ekman Larson, but also some guy who's well past his prime, didn't work out in Vancouver, no reason to believe it'll work out in Boston unless you think that he can recover his game that he hasn't really had 
in quite some time. He hasn't eclipsed 30 points since hitting that mark in 2019-20. Just, you know, pretty remarkable decline over the years. Actually, he had 42 points back in 2017-2018, 44 points in 2018-2019, but then 30, 24, 29, 22, with some pretty bad possession numbers mixed in there as well. Not really seeing it being worth it for the Boston Bruins to take that gamble when they have some internal guys who could fill the role that will be occupied by these buyouts and, and maybe a trade. Matt Grizzlick, I would keep him over signing Oliver ekman Larson any day of the week. We're going to talk about a couple of other guys who have been linked here to the Bruins in a moment. But first, we're going to discuss today's sponsor, our friends over at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On, America's number one sportsbook. Baseball is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used here with permission. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. We are free and available on your favorite podcast app. And uh, we will continue to provide all the latest coverage of the Boston Bruins offseason. Now, after today's show, be sure to check out Locked On's 2023 NHL Mocked Draft Special. The local hosts of Locked On NHL have made their picks, and hosts Gil Martin and Hattie Kalakechi break down every selection over a three-day mock draft event. Part 1 covering the top 10 picks is available today for free on Locked On NHL YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. All right, another guy who... Could perhaps be on Boston's radar. A guy that Don Sweeney traded once upon a time is Milan Lucic. He has been given permission by the Calgary Calgary Flames to talk to teams ahead of July 1st. He's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, He's not going to break the bank at this point in his career. Right now, he's looking for a good fit, a role on a team that has the chance to win again. He told Pierre Lebrun on The Athletic, the main thing is fit. Quote, what's my role going to be? How will the coach use me? Who will I play with? All that type of stuff. If all that works out really well, then you're happy going to the rink. And if you're happy going to the rink, you're playing better and you're playing at the top of your game. End quote. Lucic, of course, coming off a seven-year, $42 million contract that he signed with the Oilers after hitting unrestricted free agency via the Los Angeles Kings. Lucic had been traded to the Kings by Don Sweeney, one of his first 
big moves as Bruins GM. Traded to Calgary three years later. And, you know, not close to the player he once was with the Bruins. He did just win gold with Canada at the World Championship. An experience he's called a lot of fun. The reason he wanted to go is because he felt like he had some juice left in the tank and not playing in the playoffs. He hadn't won anything in 12 years either since winning the cup with the Boston Bruins. So he wanted to go have a chance at experiencing winning again. And that's what they did. Now, could a reunion with the Bruins be in the cards? Lucic told LeBron, quote, obviously it's a special place for me. It will always be a special place, but he's got 10, 11 days to see what happens, and he's going to explore all available options. One NHL executive called him a big, heavy veteran winger who should come in on a one-year low-money deal. Any team that wants size and a fear element will look at him. Do the Bruins say instead of signing Garnet Hathaway to a long-term or not long-term, but like four-year, $1 million deal? Do they look at Lucic on a one- or two-year, $1 million deal? Again, they're in a cap crunch, but they do need some guys. You can't rely on all young, unproven players. He could be a guy that steps in, maybe gives Bergeron and Krejci an extra bit of incentive to come back. Uh, This past season, seven goals, 12 assists in 77 games. Uh, Last really productive season was back in 2016-17 when he had 23 goals, 27 points for 50 assists. He did hit 10 goals in 56 games in 2020-21 with the Flames. So you could get some production out of him and just the fear of playing against him. Uh, by deploying him on the fourth line as a member of the Boston Bruins this season. I've seen some people really against this idea. Some people are really embracing it. I could go either way, really. It would be cool to see number 17 back in black and gold, a number that could become available if Nick Foligno doesn't come back. Do you try to bring Nick back instead of Lucic? Similar players. Um... Felino had a more successful season this past year. Maybe you keep him just for that continuity and the leadership that he provided, but could be something that the Bruins do indeed look at, uh, especially since it's their centennial and it'd be cool to kind of get some guys back together. Um, I could go either way on this. Let me know what you think by dropping something in the comments and we will talk about another guy who could be available here after the break. Could the Bruins pursue Kevin Hayes? That's another question that's being asked. It would have to involve either him being bought out by the Philadelphia Flyers or Philadelphia absorbing a good deal of his cap hit, which is at $7.142 million. The fourth period wrote, the Flyers would like to move Hayes this offseason, considering a potential buyout. There's interest and the Flyers are willing to eat a chunk of his contract, but the overall price tag will be affected by how much Philly retains. Kevin Hayes had a pretty good season 
for Philadelphia this past year. Uh, 18 goals, 36 assists for 54 points. A career high for Hayes, who had previously hit 49 points with the New York Rangers in 2016-17. He is, of course, the brother of former Bruin and the late Jimmy Hayes. Uh, It would be very cool to have Hayes in Boston, but again, his contract a little bit prohibitive for any team and perhaps Philadelphia would have to spice things up by adding a sweetener. There's three years remaining on this deal, 7.142 million cap hit. If Krejci doesn't come back, could be a decent option at second line center, but Philadelphia would have to make it really worth it by adding a draft pick or two to sweeten things up. They have two firsts this year, two seconds next year, two firsts next year as well, two thirds, two fourths, um, retain some salary, offer up some draft picks of which the Bruins are lacking. Maybe we could be cooking here, but that's probably going to be a tough sell for Don Sweeney with the cap crunch that he is in. Now, Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Bruins, another match potentially that isn't disappearing. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN really pushing this lately. Two articles in two days. I think his last potential deal was like a 2023 third and Boston's 2025 first and Mason Lorai for Dubois in a vacuum, maybe, but they're already without this year's first next year's first is a conditional. So if they finish outside of the bottom 10, then that will go to Detroit. If they finish near the bottom, then it would carry over to 2025. So that pick would be gone as well. Again, in a vacuum, maybe it works. You'd still have to contend with the salary cap implications, seeing as Dubois is a restricted free agent. Um, Not really clearing any space there. It would be nice to have a guy like Dubois in the mix. But again, it seems unlikely based on Boston's limited assets and lack of cap space. Now, what does this all mean for the Bruins? Again, they're in a cap crunch. They have to sign or add eight players to the NHL roster with $5 million in available cap space. Some guys are going to need to be bought out, Mike Riley, perhaps Derek Forbort. Some guys are going to have to be traded. Taylor Hall, Linus Allmark, perhaps, maybe even Jake DeBrusque. There will be some promotions from the AHL, Fabian Lysel, maybe, Georgie Merkulov, John Beecher, maybe even Lorai if he impresses in training camp. But they will have to look for some value deals in free agency to round out the roster. Oliver Ekman Larson's a possibility. We know Sweeney likes him. Perhaps they get the band back together and bring Lucic back on a short-term deal. 
as an incentive for Bergeron and Krejci to come back. Kevin Hayes is a possibility, but only if he's bought out by Philadelphia and the Bruins can sign him on the cheap as well. These are some options that we're going to continue to explore as they come up, as guys get bought out, as trades happen. The draft, one week away. Do check out the locked-on mock draft. The Bruins not picking until the third round. Unlikely that whoever they take there will make much of an impact. Uh, So that's what we have to look forward to here on Locked On Boston Bruins. Now, I may um, likely be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. may take Friday off. Uh, as we get ready for the weekend, I'm actually going camping if the weather holds off. Um, and then be back next week to look ahead at the draft, the NHL awards, free agency, etc. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for the ongoing support. Appreciate you all. And uh, we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.